Hello, everyone. This is Ray Renati with In the Green Room, and it's June 2nd, 2017. Today, I am going to be speaking with my good friend, Mr. Christian Haynes. Christian is a very talented actor and director here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I called Christian on the phone a couple of days ago, and we had a wonderful conversation. And that's what we're going to play for you today. Enjoy. So this is Christian Haynes. He's an actor and director uh, and producer in the San Francisco Bay Area. What's your background in acting? When did you start? When I, I started, I started pretty young. I, I didn't really want to. My, my uh, family was really into doing musicals, uh, and uh, they would always kind of uh, bring me on board right at the end. I was normally there, kind of uh, getting my. Uh, all my babysitting taken care of by like the uh, the stage manager, but after that I, I kind of got into it in high school and kept on going through college. I didn't major in it in college, but I, I really developed a love for it and then moved to San Francisco. Started studying with Gene Shelton and uh, Chris Phillips, and they really like got me uh, even further into it. And then I went to grad school in Denver. What did you study in Denver? What school did you go to? I went to the National Theater Conservatory. Mm -hmm. um, it's defunct now, but at the point in time, it was a great school, really great teachers. Uh, it was a it was a fantastic program. We we got in on basically everybody got in on scholarships, so nobody had to pay any money, and, and uh, so it was a really great deal for <laughs> young aspiring actors. Well, what was the best thing about the school? What what made it so great? The commitment to the work. We would, like a normal day was like 13 hours, <laughs> and yeah. um, so it was It was all about uh, learning by doing, whereas that you can totally do that in, in life and like do as many shows as you possibly can to learn the craft. When you're in an environment like that, you're encouraged to go beyond your boundaries and fail, and fail like, like magnificently uh, when you're doing it, so... Like things like you know, even through voice and speech, which seems to be a you know pretty uh, non-threatening type of class, we were really really challenged to be out there and making mistakes so that we could know what they were. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah that's cool. And we just we always did shows. It was that we were constantly doing shows and being in class, so like constantly doing projects and learning at the same time. Well, that's great because a lot of, a lot of schools don't emphasize actually doing the performing, which might sound odd to people, right? But, um, yeah, yeah. like George exactly. actually, actually encouraged it, so that's good. Yeah, I've never understood yeah, that very myself. Yeah, 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 that seems a little counterintuitive. At least, you know, at least one project a semester would be useful to anybody. This class, or this uh, school, we were, we were doing projects in the afternoon and classes in the morning. So your mind was constantly being challenged, just even trying to get the words into your head, you know? It's like a full immersion sort of program, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, you're living and breathing it. And then um, did, you go, did you go to New York after that? You know, I was in New York before that, and I was oh. in New York after that. And then uh -huh. before that, I was part of a, a nine-month conservatory in New York at a place called the Actors Center, which was pretty phenomenal, too, and actually kind of, I think put me in a position that I could go to grad school. It was a nine-month conservatory, about five hours a day, five days a week, 
and they had all the teachers from like Juilliard and Yale and NYU teaching there as well. And uh, that that really opened up my eyes to a larger kind of vision of what theater could be. Really and then um, and then Amios, tell me about Amios uh, and how that yeah shows itself here in San Francisco Bay Area. We say Amios. Some, some Amios, say Amios. sorry. <clears throat> that was like uh, when I when I got done with grad school and went back to New York. That was when we started Amios NYC, and Amios stands for Art and Music in Our Souls, and it was just kind of like a an inspiration to start a theater company because when we got out and of grad school in 2009, it was like right in the middle of that whole financial meltdown, and uh, nobody was getting jobs, and nobody was getting agents. <laughs> and right. so, like, we, we had started doing this um, fundraiser in in grad school to kind of smooth out our transition back to New York, and it was originally called Project 30, and then we trans- transitioned into calling it Shots when we moved to New York. It was just a way to get people together and get people active and activated, you know. There's so much talent. And, like, unless you're willing to pay probably 200 to $400 a month for classes, you're not going to get the practice that you need to stay sharp. And so we had this huge alumni association type of thing in, in uh, New York City, and we just all got together and started doing it in somebody's loft. And uh, we started doing six five-minute plays and uh, gave the writers there a week and a half to write and then a week and a half to rehearse it and get it up, and then we would put it up. Again, we started in a loft. We actually were like, oh, we should do a fundraiser. So we went to this theater company, and we're like, oh, we want to do this fundraiser but with these new plays, the best of the new plays that we've done for the last two years. And they looked at it, and they were like, have you ever considered uh, applying for a residency for a theater company? And uh we said no, and then they told us about it. We applied, and then we became residents at a, at a theater in the Lower East Side for the next four years. So I moved back here, and um, I was just like, uh, you know, I, I made sure that there were people who cared about it in New York that would keep it going, and it's been going for yeah. like the last five years since we moved. And uh, brought it here. Took a couple months to kind of like get the lay of the land, but we did our first one, I think, in. August of 2012. I've I've had the opportunity to to work with you quite a bit in shots, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you found you found some really good talent here in the Bay Area that you use often. Uh, people have a great time. Um, like you say, it, it helps you keep keep your foot uh, in the door there while while you're waiting for yeah. your yeah. bigger project. Uh, without having to pay for classes, and it's also so good. I mean, it's just so entertaining, and uh, you've got some great writers and great actors and directors, and uh, yeah, I think it's working. We really out. do, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, yeah. And then, and now, what's what's the new project you're working on? Uh, well, we're working on a uh, we're putting together a a series called the Highlighter Reading Series. Uh, the highlighter reading series, essentially uh, filmed um, readings of plays. The inspiration for it came from going to see a reading of a play and looking around and seeing that nobody was there and going, you know, I really enjoy this. And this is like almost 70% of what doing a play is. Like, you know, hearing it is really, really, for me, one of the big things. And to hear it within that developmental stage 
is exciting to me. And then you have so many questions and so many ideas, and the conversations that come out of it are amazing. And I don't know really, like, what the percentage would be, but, like, I think that probably 70, 80, 90, whatever, a large percent of plays that get written don't get produced, you know? Right. And they don't get off the the, uh, the reading room floor, as it were, for various reasons. And uh, But some of the times it's just because they're too risky to do or they, you know, as far as, like, just the economics of the situation. So people don't do them. And I think that there need to be, like, there needs to be a place for people to um, to see that, those plays. There needs to be a place for people to see that process as well, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. See, seeing that reading process and sitting around the table and, and, and the fact that that can be exciting and that can be uh, interesting and enlightening is, is a wonderful thing. And I, I think we have something really, really special. We're going to try and do it as a series, so we're going to be shopping it to um, uh, different distributors and as a podcast. Yeah, that's wonderful, because people are often amazed at how plays actually come to be, and it's almost like being a magician and showing them a, a little secret, you know, like here's one of the things and, and how this all happens. Uh, you, I've just probably been in a show, and people always, if you ask them if they want to go backstage afterwards, and comes to the show, they always say yes, and they're just, yeah, uh, they want to see, how is it, How do you make all this magic happen, you know? Um, so I think that's exactly. a great idea. I saw a Seinfeld documentary once that they uh, had, a part of it was them just sitting around reading for the, the upcoming episodes, and it was really interesting to watch. I, I was I was enthralled myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like, yeah. uh, I, I think, um, I, I liken it to like going to a museum, and yeah. and seeing a, a portrait that's painted perfectly and going like for me I like I'm amazed I don't know how they do that and they're they're like they're like little wizards with their paintbrushes yeah. or you know um, the sculptors like how do how does a sculptor create that and and there are techniques and there is a logical way of doing it you know mm-hmm. you have to be artistically inspired to do something like that but. You know, it is it is magical to some people, and I really think that like showing people some of the inner workings of theater is important. You know, because it's yeah. you know it's not the most healthy industry in the in the country right now. You know, theater's always suffering financially. Yes, yes, yeah. You know, true. Yeah, out there in podcast land, you don't make money in theater. That was my conversation, part one of my conversation with Christian Haynes. Next week, we'll have part two. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Ray Renati with In the Green Room for Wave Radio. I will speak to you next week. And until then, I'll see you on the boards. <laughs>